Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 183 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. With too much talking, your pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm currently in a, in a tin can, and I'm joined by Dr. Lewis Kirkham, who is at his home studio, and he will sound sublime. Lewis, how are you going? I'm good, Robbie. Got the uh, dulcet tones happening here, mate. We are having some, we're having a few technological difficulties, aren't we, uh, today? Well, my, my major technological difficulty was we went to go and record and I couldn't find any of my stuff. The uh, only thing I could find was the, uh, the sock that goes on the end of the microphone because possibly one of my two children might have been running around uh, with the microphone at some stage. And unfortunately, they've taken the good cord out of said microphone and it's somewhere that wasn't in the microphone. Uh, so as much as what I can try and talk into the microphone sock, maybe I could do that anyway. Maybe I could just sort of stick that on my thumb. And just sort of talk into my thumb. But as it is, listeners, you'll be wondering why I'm uh, sounding like I'm in a tin can. It's because I am. I'm recording with the microphone on the actual computer, which is suboptimal, it must be said. But, uh, gee whiz, we've got to get a podcast out. So here we are. Exactly, mate. Well, you can start with taking that sock off your foot and away from your mouth, and then we'll be ready to go, Arrigan. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can see a certain sign that you give me that. That's a, that's a sign for what's first on the agenda, mate. First, first on the agenda is, let me pull it up so that, um, rightio, um, how was your week? Flynn's Walk. Oh, Flynn's how, how's your week? Flynn's Walk. Well, yeah, we can do Flynn's Walk first. That sounds good. Yep. So, uh, of course, Flynn's Walk is coming up, everyone, in uh, in Melbourne uh, on the 1st of May. Uh, at Williamstown, but Rob, Robbie and myself will be there having to walk around. So come and say good day. Robbie will be doing an open air broadcast on his own, so which we talked Lewis about. Lewis will be hiding in the bushes, episode. pretending that it's not happening. That's right. It's just privately just ner- nervous wreck. No, no, we'll be there. We won't be recording anything. So, but come and say good day. We'd love to say hi. Come and say hi. Yes, Lewis will be the one wearing a t shirt with his face on it, and I'll be you know, wearing a t shirt with his face on it too. Yeah, we'll both be wearing t shirts of each other's faces on there. Um, so go, nice. go, to, go to Flynn's Walk, have a look on Facebook, search for Flynn's Walk. Um, we always get behind uh, get behind the guys there, Big Jackie and his mates at uh, behind Flynn's Walk and Flynn's Talk, the uh, the the podcast that goes with it. Um, so have a search on that and uh, get behind it. If you're in Melbourne, why not come along? Come along and go for a walk along the wonderful Williamstown foreshore. Definitely. And how's your week been, mate? Uh, yeah, it's been. We've been well, like like we say most weeks, mate. It's been busy. Been busy. We've actually had a bit of a um, unfortunately a bit of a complication with our uh with our how things are going with us at the moment listeners will remember that we've been treating rosie for uh for lymphoma for the last 12 months and she actually been doing really well right up until a week ago so uh. the cancer came back the lymph nodes came back up so we've been starting to try and treat her and uh yeah she's not doing all that well at the moment so we've um we've had to get her on some antibiotics because she's got no white cells because the so far, the chemotherapy's worked really well on stopping her bone marrow, but not really great on kicking the cancer in the bum. So that's a bit of it. That's no good. And now she's got a, a temperature, so she's got an infection as well. So, so she's feeling like crap. So she, we've been, we've been 
having her survive on Cheerios and cat food for the last 24 hours. So we're going to do our best to keep her, keep her going on that until she starts to perk up a little bit on the medication. So very nice. Does she, the Cheerios, are they the colored ones or are they, they fruit loops? They got different colors. Is your favorite color? I, well, it's good. It's a good question. Um, she was looking very intently at them. I'm not sure whether or not she is going for the, the wheat, the rice or the buckwheat version of the, uh, mm. which one of the four, because they are, there are four subtle changes. You know, there's one that's beige and one that's a little bit sort of a pinky beige and one that's white and right. one that's more of like a whitey, a whitey pinky beige. Yeah, but, right. Uh, I can't tell the difference between any of them, but she was she ate it sure. yesterday. So that was great. Right. Okay. And a bit more serious to note, how the kids sort of coping with, um, with the illness. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think at the moment, denial is not just a river into Egypt. So um, I think where Sir, uh, Ruben asked the other day, so does that mean she's dying? Um, and we said, well, you know, I mean, we've kind of known that this is going to come along for the last 12 months, but she's just been doing really, really well. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get her back around on this again as well. Like, I mean, she's certainly feeling a bit better today. So we're just trying to get it to the point where we can get her some uh, uh, the next dose of a different chemotherapy drug and see whether or not that might yeah, be right. enough to try and turn the tide. So, um, so I think the kids are, you know, they can certainly tell that things aren't going right. You know, Christina yep. and I we were having the conversation yesterday as far as what point are we going to be pulling the pin, but she's turned around a little bit now. So that's. Oh, good. That's probably, well, well uh, thoughts of all the listeners will be out to uh, Rosie, mate, hoping yeah, that she, okay. she uh, gets on the improve a little bit. Not that she's, not she's going to get better. Like she's not going to be fixed, of course, but that she might improve, give you a bit more time. Hey, it's hard Absolutely. when they're in, yeah. in that phase. Definitely. Well, sort of fits in. Oh, uh, well, we seem to be starting on a morbid tone, don't we? Fits yeah. in a little Get bit all with the sad a... stuff out now, and then we can yeah. come back with the yuck yes. later on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I had a, a, one of my favorite clients uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, I had uh, they had had a cat that um, that had been seeing me for a long time, and we'd been trying, you know, doing everything. And she was amazing, amazing owner, really, you know, ex nurse. So, um, very much on top of looking after the cat and, and, you know, and it had some constipation issues and we had some meowing at night issues and 18 year old cat. So getting well into its prime of its life and, uh, and um, you know, things, you know, yeah, going ticking on for quite a while. We mentioned, you know, but I'll be seeing her quite regularly. We talk on the phone, let's adjust this dose or just that and that sort of thing. And then uh, came to, uh, you know, she came to the concert. Oh, it's just not eating so well. And, um, so I examined the cat and unfortunately found a lump in the, in the uh-huh. abdomen, which is never, never ideal. And, um, and uh, I sort of said, well, you know, and she said, oh, I was not eating so well. I said, I'll look, try some medication to help with the, help with the, um, a new medication, you know, some metazapine to help with the, the appetite stimulant, that sort of thing. And so she went away and did that. And then unfortunately, you know, maybe two or three days later, the, the, uh, the cat passed away. Um, and I got back to work the next week and there was a you know, phone call to ring her and, and she, you know, said, unfortunately, you know, passed away, you know, went to the emergency center, I think, and you, you know, we had euthanized and, and it's at that moment, obviously, you know, it's, it's upsetting, you know, you sort of think, oh, well, I've known, known the cat for a long time. I really like, you know, the owner. That's a really sad, but in the back of your mind, you sort of go, well, I examined the cat three days before. And I said, yeah. look, I think we're going okay at this stage. And then obviously we've had a bit of a, and you sort of, I don't know about you, mate, but you go, oh, and then I gave a new medication it's never had before. But it's just that moment where you go, 
all the things I did. And then you just got to take it back a step and go, well, hang on a sec. Was that in your old cat? Did have this? It had a lot going on. That medication's really safe. It's probably, you know, but you just have that little moment where you're like, was I, did I miss something? Was there something, you know, could I have predicted in three days time, we're going to have this total collapse. And yeah. So, but then we, um, you know, she was ringing to say, you know, thank you very much for all the help you've given us, but also about their dog, that their dog was actually really depressed that the cat had passed right, okay. and kept going, kept going to the door to look for the cat coming back from the vet, obviously had, and come back and yeah. um, was hiding under, under, um, under their bedding and that sort of thing. And so it was, it was, I've never, I haven't had a dog sort of grieve the passing of a cat for, for quite a while, I think. And yeah. so we talked about, some things to do, which was, you know, um, obviously don't clean up all the food bowls from the cat and don't take away all the cat bedding. And, and she said, well, the dog is going to the cat's bedding and sort of sniffing and lying on the bed and that sort of thing. I said, well, that's important. You know, that's, that's, that's part of it. Try and keep up the walks as much as you can keep up the routine. Um, you know, uh, we talked about, you know, adding in some Zilkeen, which, um, which of course, uh, great sponsor of the show. Thank you, Zilkeen. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and some maybe some medication as well to sort of see how we go. So yeah, it was sort of sort of interesting. And then uh, and then I rang her back a couple of days later to sort of see how things going. And I've done the classic mistake of I've picked up the phone because I'm so used to talking about the cat. Yes. For the last oh, you know five years, yeah. four years, whatever yes, whatever yes. it's been, um, I've picked up and gone straight out of the blue, just gone. Oh, how's it? And I've used the cat's name, and I, and I've heard the pause at the other end. And I went. Oh, no. oh, I'm so sorry. I meant the dog's name. I'm just, it's a force. And she was fine about it. But it's like, yeah. could I do any more things that, start, you know, really just upset myself over, over the passing of the, the cat? So, yeah, anyway, one of those um, things, eh? I had, um, I had a, a similar um, phone issue uh, during the week. I um, uh, rang up, um, uh, we had a dog, a cat in. It was, um, was pretty unwell. Like we'd run some bloods and uh, anemic and, and old and skinny and, mm. um, and you know, did an ultrasound on it and found a lot of stuff. And the, one of the nurses had come through and said, look, when, you, when you're calling up about, about the cat, make sure you call this number because their friend's oh. coming to pick it up. So make sure you actually call this number. Okay, yeah, no problems. So, so I've called the number and said, uh, yeah, hi, it's Robbie calling from the vets. Just calling to have a chat with you about, about Ollie. Oh, okay, yeah, right, right, yeah. I said, now look, we've done the ultrasound and there's there's some changes in the kidney, there's some changes in the gut. <laughs> um, we're, we're really worried about you know, all the all these fleas that we've got going on as well because you know, the, the anemic, I'm worried whether or not it could have a blood parasite and things like that. He's gone, oh, oh my goodness, oh, this is terrible. I can't, you know, I can't believe somebody didn't talk to me about this while while I was in. And I said, well, well, you know, that's the... He's got, um, and so we're going on for about 10 minutes talking about all the tests and the future things and all this stuff. He's gone, hang on, is this Arlo we're talking about? I said, no, Ollie, the cat. He's gone, no, no, I've got Arlo, the six-month-old Daxon that was de-sexed. And I've just gone and picked him up. And I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm now. And I said, now, the good news is, is that Arlo's completely fine. <laughs> Apart from the fact that he was desect, which is what he come in for. Now he's fine, but the cat 
The cat you don't have to worry about. He's gone, oh, look, I'm oh. really sorry. It sounds terrible about what's happening with the poor person's cat. Oh, wow. Um, because, oh, look, I'm very sorry about that. Arlo is, is absolutely fine. But, Ollie, because the, the gentleman had um, had a, a European accent. And so when the nurse was taking the taking his details, he thought, she thought that he'd said, Ollie, and he'd said, Arlo. And so oh. I was telling him about Ollie the cat. And he actually had Ollie the perfectly healthy little Daxon oh, puppy. Wow. So, um, so yeah, you know, that was oh. um, not oh. awesome, you know. Oh. Oh, I can remember, yeah, sort of, that rings a bell, a similar sort of one I had uh, where uh, the, the carer brought in the dog, yeah. uh, you know, unwell, something like that, whatever it was, and, and it was like, ring the carer, you know, ring this number. And so wrote on the, written on the form and I'd gone to the computer to get the phone number of who to ring, which was the owner. And proceed to ring the owner who answered with a sleepy voice. Right. And I said, Oh, now I've got, you know, got peanut in here today, uh, quite unwell, you know, blah, blah, blah. We've run a few tests and this and that. Peanut, uh, hang on a sec. Oh, I'm in Italy and it's 1 a.m. Ah. Oh, oh, okay. Ah. Right. <laughs> right. We better start at the beginning. <laughs> so I'd wrote around the owner who was away. Buongiorno. Yeah, that's right. Buongiorno. Ciao. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, very similar sort of thing. Yeah, I had a um I also had a lady come in um this week who was telling me that um and she she always tries to hide her dog's worm tablets in some meat. Yeah, the, the perennial problem was of how do you get the tablets into your dog. Yep. So hide yep. it in some meat, you try and get him to eat it. Um, and, uh, you know, so she gave the dog the, the little bit of rolled up mints and, you know, the dog ate it. Terrific. No problems. We're all good to go. And so then that night she's, she's, uh, she's been cooking a dinner and she goes to eat a dinner and she's trying to work out what the <laughs> weird thing is that's in, that's in her bolognese. And she looks at it and she realizes, Oh, hang on. I think I might have given the wrong, the wrong little ball of meat to the dog. <laughs> I put the other ball of meat with the tablet in my dinner. Oh, mate. No, cl- the good news is the owner doesn't have worms anymore. I was so that's say, a few tapeworm segments in her undies at bedtime. But passed on out. I, I, did, I didn't go that far. We, we did have a good laugh about it. I said, oh, good, goodness me. That's the first time I've heard that one in. In 20 years, but that's a that's a that's a pretty good story right there. So that's that's yeah. that's that's very good. Well, there is for taking those tablets, there is a meatball method. I don't know if you've heard of this. If you no, what's the meatball on, method? Uh, on YouTube? It's a really, really good method, actually. It's where you like most people, like you, you uh you're the owner there's done, they put the tablet in one meatball and try and get the dog to sort of eat that. Well, in this one, you you get maybe four or five meatballs in a row, or four or oh. five pieces of hot dog in a row. Yep. And you put the tablet in, in maybe the third one. Yeah. And what you do is a game with the dog. The dog sitting there taking a treat, takes the first two meatballs, thinks, oh, this is really, really great. And then you follow the next three really quickly. Like it's a game. You've got to eat them really quickly. Yeah, right. And so that's why they're not, they're sort of, by the time they've in the two, they're like, oh, I oh, know it's coming. So you've got to eat them all and bang. That's a really good way. So have a look at that on YouTube, listener. <laughs> That sounds like that sort of moving ball trick, the yeah. one that they do where they, uh, yeah, they, where they stooge you on the, uh, on the, uh, on the footpaths. Exactly, yeah. And then yeah. you turn, around, and then you, uh, you walk away, and you realise your wallet's gone from your back pocket. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good trick that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hey, now Lewis, have you ever had issues where a cat escapes at work and goes hiding underneath the underneath the cages, and you can't get them out? 
uh, I have one or two worse than that, but let's see your yeah. story first, and I'll yeah. I will uh, I'll raise you a raise okay. you a, an escape cat. Yes, three. Very good. Got three, three. Oh, you got three. Gee whiz! Yes. Well, this, yes. is, this is just one that's fresh in my memory. We had a vet student this week, so I think I might have impressed her pretty well as far as you know my 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 slick thinking on my feet, Lewis, of how to deal with this uh, escaped cat. So um so cat was taken out of the carrier, brought out the back, take some blood. Cat got a little bit grumpy when he got out there, jumped out of the, uh, jumped off the table and ran underneath the, the cages. And so they were like, right, well, how are we, we going to get this cat out? Every time we go to go near it, oh, no. starting oh, to get pretty no. grumpy. Go, okay, right, well, let's, everyone take a step back. This isn't going to work. So we do our watering on Mondays and Thursdays, Lewis. So it just so happened that we had some cardboard boxes that made it made their way into the clinic that day. And I said to, I said to the nurse, I said, Mel, do me a favor, go and grab one of those cardboard boxes and let's make it up. So, oh, okay, right. So we've made it up. I set the cardboard box next to the uh, next to the, the cages and the cat's gone, okay. Doot, 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 doot. Walked into the cardboard box, slipped the cardboard box out, closed it over. Perfect. Got the cat wow. out in one of the cages. Impressive. Perfect. Wow. You know, thinking on my feet because cats love boxes, Lewis. We know this. Yeah, that's a great one. I love that. That's uh yeah. We, we maybe could have used that on the uh, the the escapes that, that we had. I, we used to work at a at a vet clinic a little while ago that that was in an old building, and right, I, okay. I have to say it was in a state of disrepair. Right, and uh, and uh, oh, geez, this is really telling some stories. We we that we had a uh, well, I didn't my boss had a cashier as well that right. was in an area that well there were some cages that were you know, perhaps homemade cages, perhaps okay. not the best cages. Yeah. Um, and in a room that wasn't particularly well sealed, um, had a skylight in it where uh, there'd been a bit, a little bit of water damage right. uh, to sort of around the edge of the skylight, uh, sort of up into the roof cavity. And one cat did get out of the, out of the cattery one day, climbed up the, uh, the wire of the sort of cage and, and subsequently got into the roof. Wow. Of this, of this uh, large, uh, well, mansion, I suppose you call it, that was that contained the vet clinic, and would not come back. Just, just stayed so, up there. Yeah. So we and 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 the the interesting thing was the cat was like boarding for or two cats or two cats. So one escaped. The, the cat was boarding for a week. The owners came back, and uh, and had to be told, look, we've got one of your cats. The second cat is is actually up in the roof. Um, so, uh, so you can take one well, cat home. Charge a board for being up in the roof. Well, yeah. well, no, well, well, there was a bit of chat about that. That the extra three days in the roof technically was on the premises. Ah! <laughs> so, so, so we, uh, I think my boss ended up putting a, um, a sort of a, got a, a modified possum trap with a bit of cat right. food and ended up catching the cat out of the roof, uh, sort of scenario. But that wasn't the only sort of issue we had then. Then the the cattery upstairs was moved to another a separate room that was more more secure. Uh, yeah, more secure. Didn't have the hole in the, the roof, but but did have a portable air conditioner where the exhaust pipe of the air conditioner had been uh, put into the, one of the old sash sort of windows. And, yes. and so there's yep. a little hole there. So yep, the exhaust to get that that was fine. So cat was out walking around just exploring the cattery while while uh, one of the um, uh, one of the young the staff um, was was changing their litter, and lo and behold, the exhaust pipe fell out 
of the little hole in the sash window and the cat out the window, second floor, second, first floor, first floor, right. sorry, jumped out, landed on its feet in the garden, gone, disappeared. So oh, we lost, we lost the cat. Oh, we didn't, no. but uh, it lost the cat in the carry. And as it was, the owners came home. They were, yeah, they weren't happy about it. I mean, no, no one's particularly happy about it. No. Uh, but uh, ended up the cat was found a couple of weeks later. Had gone back to their old house before oh, they right. moved. Gone back to the old house and was in the stairwell waiting outside the door of the old house. Right, actually, right. Actually, actually got found. So that was that was a good story. And then the third one had a cat. Uh, Again, very, um, we had a, oh gosh, we had a client who, um, who had this cat, white cat, yeah, that was violent. You could only oh, say okay. the cat was, was really one of the worst cats we've ever had. And, yeah. and to compound it, the owner was a, was an alcoholic, you know, it's, it's, oh, it could, okay. could say any worse, really, really unfortunate would come to the clinic really drunk one time passed out in the consult room we had to call an ambulance on her that sort of thing so we really and so we knew yes she's, she's here and we're here to help her and um and she came into the uh came into the waiting room and and uh you know she was the only only one in there um and and i saw her at the thing i said look whatever you do don't let you don't let uh princess out of the cage we'll call it princess because it was a princess don't let princess out of the cage whatever you do you know um but please don't open the open the cage. She had a little wireless radio. She'd play for the cat. Oh, princess loves listening to the radio. Put that there. Makes her calm. Makes her calm. Okay, no worries. What, what AW was it? She liked listening to this a bit, a bit of Neil Mitchell. May well have been. Yeah, some sort of uh, yeah banging on about something or other. And uh, and and uh, and sort of as I was. You know, don't don't open the cage. She sort of opened her bag, and her bag was leaking, and so she's pulled out the big goon bag out of the you know the oh, bag, no. and that was leaking everywhere. All right, that's that's fine. Look, uh, look, um, we'll call her Sarah. Sarah, don't just don't let Princess out of the cage, okay? Don't. Yep, no worries. Go on away. Next thing, I've literally taken two steps away. She's opened the the cage with, with Princess, and oh, Princess is out. We're out. We're out. Well, it's gone under the under the um. Uh, under the food stand, you know, we're trying yep. to coax it out of there. It's 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 launching at us. It's managed. We had an old in those days. We had an old, no computers. We had an old filing system for cards for for yeah. all the histories, and that was uh, that was in just a, a like a dresser. The bottom drawers of the dresser were missing, and the cat got up right behind up all oh. the drawers at the back of the dresser, and just. We could not get near it. It was it was absolutely and and then so we had to shut the whole clinic so no one would walk in because it was gonna they were gonna open the door and it might run out of the front and yes. and we had to put um put old uh, Sarah out with a goon bag out on the front step and say look I think you might just have to and I was it was it was terrible and we ended up um I think we ended up something similar maybe even. Uh, getting a couple of towels around it and then boxing it down to, to give its vaccination, whatever we had to do. But oh, yeah, it was it was not a fun, fun Jeez. situation. So so there you go, mate. Uh, it's brought back some lovely memories there. Thanks to your your cat that would just uh, just went into a cardboard box has triggered me with three not so nice stories no. escaping no. cats. Well, I tell you what, mate. Those cats all sounded like they were pretty anxious in the end. Uh, anything that you could have uh, tried to help out to try and help to relieve their anxiety a little bit. I'll tell you what, princess. Wouldn't have been enough. Princess could have eaten a whole jar of Zilkeen, and there's no way it would have helped. Sorry, Zilkeen. 
But it's for mild anxieties. It's not mild, for not like, princess, not princess level anxiety. No way. No. Not, not a princess level no. Pro- level problem. No. Exactly. But but that uh, that grieving dog certainly we try a little bit of zilkin on it yes. to see if we can help help put over the process of of, of depression that's going through and uh, certainly seemed to be helping when I rang and gave the wrong name on the phone. But yeah, <laughs> was do, was doing quite well. And of course, uh, big thank you to our other sponsor. Yes, the good people at uh, Delicate Care, the Australian-made, Australian-owned, uh, a premium, premium dog food um, that they have and cat food as well. They've got their uh, prescription diets. They've got their mobility support, the skin or, skin or stomach uh, version, which is great as well for animals that have got uh, sensitive skin, stomach, uh, allergy-type conditions, weight management, dental care, as well, um, they've got also their, their their just general cherish brand, which is uh, you know if you're looking for just a good run of the mill, I need a dog food from a from a dog or a cat food for my cat. Cherish can work pretty well too. So uh, check them out at Delicate Care. You can find them uh, online. Do a bit of a search for Delicate Care, and you can find them on their socials. Yeah, and at, with, at your vet clinic too. Socially active. Yes, yeah, at your vet clinic as well. They're for sale, and uh, and been used on Patreon there, mate, as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Cloudy, long-time friend of the show, long-time supporter of the show, has uh, has uh, you know is is continuing to help us out on Patreon. And thank you very much to all of our Patreon subscribers. We uh, we thank you very much. We uh, really, really appreciate your, uh, your your efforts in trying to help out. And apologise for the fact that we haven't actually been uh, as frequent with our with our postings, but. Uh, we are, we are we are doing our best and we know you're out there and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. All righty. All righty. Uh, now, you got something in the news this week, something at, uh, down at Tassie there, mate. I do. Down in Tassie, down at Glenorchy. Um, so this was uh, this is this is hot off the presses, Lewis. This was only posted uh, 19 hours ago on uh, on ABC by Alexandra Alvaro. Dogs get last splash before winter as Glenorchy Pool opens for charity event. Uh, in an effort to make one last splash, Glenorchy War Memorial Pool has opened its doors to dogs and their humans for the first time. The outdoor pool is closing for the winter and with keeping the pool sanitary no longer essential, four-legged swimmers had a chance to dive in. Dog owner Colleen Hassett said it was a no-brainer when it came to booking a spot for her pup. I thought it was just a good idea for the dogs to have a good exercise and not let the water go to waste. I'm sure they've had an enjoyable afternoon. Hopefully they'll go home and just leave me alone for the rest of the night. And that's my goal every day. Exhaust them so that they'll sleep, she laughed. Her young son, Riley Tybel, was happy the dogs would not have to be cooped up inside for the day. Instead, they're actually enjoying themselves with other people and other dogs, he said. It's been loads of fun. The dogs enjoying themselves makes me enjoy myself, which means the dogs enjoy themselves and the humans enjoy themselves. There's lots of enjoyment there. Um, not all the dogs are interested in the pool. Joe Bird's dog was there to socialise. He has swum before, but he's more interested in playing with the other dogs. For staff at the Leisure Centre, it was as good as a dog's day out. Ian Poole did the opening shift in the morning. He what? stuck around until midday just to watch the dogs play. Ian Poole? All of it. Absolutely love it. It looks like so much fun. I wish I could have bought mine. Wow. Any uh, any mention of uh, Code Brown in lane four at all? Is that... No. Any, any of that occur? 
there, there didn't seem to be anything there of, uh, and, and no mention of whether or not any of the dogs were weighing in the pool as well. Mm. I think the dogs have decided that's just a, a, a disgusting human thing to do, where, yes. whereas dogs, dogs wouldn't be wouldn't be found dead swimming in their filth, whereas humans humans don't <laughs> mind doing. It. So um, also no mention on uh, on how much hair was removed out of the filter afterwards. Um, yeah. And, and there's also nothing at the bottom there about saying about how uh, you know, the, the Glenorchy Vet Clinic, uh, you know, we're just handing out handing out uh, the cards afterwards for any uh, any ear infections or gastrointestinal <laughs> disease that may that may have come about. But it certainly sounds like the dogs are doing had had some fun, raised a thousand dollars for charity. So good on you, Glenorchy War Memorial Pool. Excellent. Well, I think uh, Delicate Care was there too, mate. I know Andre went down and. Uh... And uh, did some, did uh, maybe gave her some free food. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, delicate care a big part of it as well. So that's it's ah. a good good news story right there, mate. That good one, nice. Excellent. And what have you got, mate? I got an article from My Vet Candy that uh, about a a survey that was done in scientific reports by Finnish dog owners, uh, dog owners from Finland. Um, it says repetitive behaviours such as tail chasing, uh, spinning, I suppose, uh, running around the backyard in the same uh, same circle all the time, are more common among dogs belonging to first-time owners. Those, those First-time owners, those who live with larger families and those who exercise for less than one hour per day. Previous researchers found that abnormal repetitive behaviours in dogs can impair relationships between dogs and owners and worsen a dog's well-being. However, the factors associated with repetitive behaviours have been unclear. Hans Lohi and colleagues surveyed the owners of 4,436 dogs from 22 breeds between February 2015 and September 2018. Owners described how often their pets engage in a range of repetitive behaviours, tail chasing, snapping at their reflection or shadow, surface licking, pacing, staring, spending time near the water bowl, and self-biting. The researchers found that uh, 30% of the dogs engaged in repetitive behaviours. That's quite high, 30%. Mm, Interesting. And the instance of these behaviours was associated with the dog's home environment and lifestyle. Repetitive behaviours were 58% more likely among dogs that were their owner's first dog. More like uh, compared to those whose owner had previously owned a dog. Dogs that live with one person were 33% less likely to engage in repetitive behaviors than those that live with a family of three or more people, while those that did not live with another dog were 64% more likely to engage in repetitive behaviors than those that did. Exercising for less than one hour per day was associated with a 53% increased likelihood of repetitive behaviors compared to exercising for between one and two hours per day. So a little take takeaway there. Just make sure you exercise for sixty-one minutes per day. 61. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not fifty-nine. No. 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 Go the extra bit. Walk three houses up, three houses back. Yeah. Get, exactly. Get that extra. Get that extra minute up. Extra minute. Additionally, repetitive behaviors are found to be most common in German shepherds, Chinese crested dogs, and Pembroke Welsh corgis, and least common in smooth collies, miniature schnauzers, and legatos. Dogs were more likely to engage in repetitive behaviours below the age of two and over the age of eight. And repetitive behaviours were 29% less likely to be carried out by dogs that had not been neutered compared to those that had. 
Repetitive behavior is also more common among dogs that were reported by their owners to be more hyperactive, aggressive, and more easily distracted. The findings suggest that repetitive behaviors in dogs are complex and associated with a range of environmental, lifestyle, and genetic factors. The authors propose that understanding these factors could help improve dog welfare. Yeah. So interesting little survey, little study there. Just, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure the... I'm not sure if they've gone in depth into what, what they thought the reasoning behind that is. Uh, but um, interesting that, yeah, first-time dog owners and uh, and larger families are more likely to have one of those tail-chasing dogs. Yeah, and and uh, considering that with that, you would have thought, <coughs> pardon me, that it would have been more likely that they would have been able to get more um, get more time in uh, in exercising too. There would be mm. things, more people that would be able to exercise the dogs. Or whether or not you know in those larger families, they think someone else is doing it. You know, no one is actually responsible for. Well, it. maybe less time because they're so busy. Bingo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They have they have yeah. netball training and football trainings. That's that's right. Lessons. Exactly, and yeah, that's right. Yep, and uh, you know, lunches and garden parties to go and all those sorts of things. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, tell you what, let's hit the disclaimer. All advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarification. What Excellent. All righty. Well, maybe we'll do. We had a uh, we had a little um, uh, question a while ago. I'm not sure yes. we've got a date on it. We never got never really got around to it from weeks ago. About about a few, well, yeah, probably about sort of five episodes ago. About Pika. Yeah, exactly. Hi, Rod says I'm yeah. Kavitha. Human mum of one of your cheeky patients, Pepper Tots. Yes. Yes. I was listening to podcast 172. There you go. Wow. Oh, that's a that's a that's quite a while ago. It was a while ago. So deep deep in the back catalogue. Yeah. No, I'm sure they were just probably reviewing again. Just going back over again. Exactly. I know. uh, We're talking about uh, Pika, uh, which Pika is essentially. Uh, the eating of things that we don't consider to be edible, particularly. Mm. Yeah, uh, I know in human patients it's related to anemia. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, right. And yes, sometimes behavioural too. Oh, have you ever seen that episode? I don't know what it is where somebody's eating the foam off their mattress. Oh, have you no. seen one of those? Yes. No. Oh. Just oh. like anyway. just picking it and just putting it in their mouth. No, chewing it, and swallowing it, and doing oh, that all day. Man. Yeah, it's a bit is. like the so- socky your microphone getting eaten, mate. Exactly, very oh. similar. Hang on, let, let, let me just give that a shot while you're uh, while you're oh, doing. Oh, that hurts no, my no. teeth. Uh, and sometimes behavioural. Is this the same with animals too? Um, kind regards, PS. Uh, I know you haven't done a podcast for a little while, but uh, if uh, if you did have a spare microphone, you could uh, hand it out to Deb maybe to to be on the show a little bit more. Thanks, thanks, yeah. Kavitha. She um, can, can use my one with the with the dodgy cable. Yeah. So, well, I guess, Pika, firstly, you're defining it. I mean, in pets, you know, um, it, it is the eating of what we essentially would call inedible objects, you know, toys, rocks, grass, sticks, um, clothes, certainly. Foreign bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, clothing. Yeah. Oh, you said clothes? Were that clothes or okay. stones? Paint. Yeah, lots, lots of different things, and uh, and cats, they they also do do it a little bit. They're maybe more likely to for kitty litter or string, 
know, uh, dental floss and maybe uh, wool sucking. So clothing or ah, you know, yes. blanket, blankets and all that, that sort of thing. And that's, that's a kind of peaker as well. Um, and I guess the main problems we see you know, with, with peaker is, is uh, you know, you can have serious blockage of the, you know, the digestive tract. Um, the intestines can become entangled um, and, you know, and might require surgery like, uh, um, you know, emergency surgery or an endoscopy to try and get the, the offending item out. Yes, we, yeah, um, absolutely. We, we actually had a dog in uh, two days ago that uh, the owner said, oh, the dog, um, the dog's eating a sock. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Okay. Well, that's not ideal. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He ate the, ate a sock and then vomited it up. Um, and, uh, then before we could grab the sock, he ate it again. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. That's, that sounds fair enough. All right. Better come down. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll feed a bit of dog food to just bulk the stomach up and then we'll make it vomit. So I made the dog vomit. It vomited up four socks, not nice. one, four socks. One for every foot. <laughs> exactly. Like at what point did you not realize that it wasn't one sock? It was four socks. They've gone missing. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. I guess it's. I guess there's not just one sock lying around. You go, oh, where's the where's the pair? Where's the other where's one? The other one, yeah. Um, mm. I had a, I had one once where a dog had eaten a chucks uh, the the kitchen cloth. Yep. Um, they used it to clean up some meat, and the dog hoovered it straight up. And so we made it vomit. And so the dog vomited, and it came out, and then he and then it, it swallowed it straight back down again. Oh. And oh. So we still so then he tried vomiting it again, and it's come out, and then he swallowed it again. And oh. so the third time when he's done it, I've, I've grabbed, I've got my hand in there, grabbed the hold of it, and quickly oh. pulled it out before he could swallow it back down again. Wow! Oh, we yeah. would have would have had a clean esophagus, I suppose, going up and down that oh. many times. Those so chucks, they work work wonders. Those chucks, amazingly so clean. That's like yeah, you got, yeah. Like, you know, just just well, had the nurse had one hand out the what one end of it out the anus, and I had the one in the mouth, and we just <laughs> what 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 straight oh. through. It was terrific. Like when you're drawing, you're drawing yourself with a towel in the morning. It's just uh, that nice white towel that you uh, just just putting a little streak in, just to, with your drawing there. I know how it works, mate. Anyway, I, always, so, I always wondered why you, you know, why you would have had white towels, mate. I go a little bit smarter. I've got, I've got a nice navy blue number. So, right. You know, yeah. Well, one, yeah. I wonder why yours had a label on it, head and uh, bottom. To, <laughs> and, and, anyway, um, so most cases of, of peaker in pets are generally behavioral in nature. Yeah. Um, we still sort of say it's important, yes, to rule out, you know, conditions such as malnutrition, perhaps not getting a very good diet, liver disease, anemia, parasites can all possibly cause, cause pica. Um, but then, you know, once you, once you know that it's, it doesn't seem to be medical related, but behavioral related, uh, we start looking at, at causes and prevention. Common causes for pica are, I suppose, uh, boredom, is, is one yeah. potentially is not, you know, not, not much going on in the environment. Uh, learn behavior. You know, we've learned to do it. Um, perhaps, uh, well, I suppose coprophagia can be a learned behavior from the mother. Um, that, that's certainly eating their own poo. Sorry. Coprophagia, uh, stress or anxiety, and also uh, fear of punishment. So, uh, right. and there's an example in this article, uh, which, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, if, uh, uh, sometimes dogs will eat their own poo if uh, if there's poo in the house when the owners are out and they'll eat it so that the owners don't come back and see the poo and get upset with them. So they'll learn to, to avoid the punishment by eating the poo. Right. Uh, in most cases, the pika, it doesn't go away on its own. It's, it's often a compulsive behavior, um, regardless of how it started or the reasons for it. Uh, 
it can be a reason, good reason to get to your vet for a start, or or maybe even a vet who does some behaviour stuff as well to get you know, to get into it. But the sort of things we tend to look at for treatment of it um, is ensuring that uh, uh, your pet gets plenty of exercise and mental stimulation. So not just out running around in the park, but also um, uh, so mental stimulation. So also um, uh, you know toys with food in them and that sort of thing, or, or puzzle toys and that sort of thing um environmental enrichment is is important as well and uh food puzzles games uh maybe a walker to help you as well um trying to eliminate your dog's access to the objects as well maybe using a basket muzzle if it's stones in the backyard or something like that but of course training them to to accept the basket muzzle so they don't hate having it on um having them on a leash when you walk them or teaching them a leave it command. Perhaps if there's something that they, they like to eat in the park, like sticks or something like that, um, provide lots of options for safe chewing of toys and, and chewing objects in cats that have got peekers. Sometimes we give strips of uh, sort of sheep hide or, um, or sometimes raw bones to chew on just to get that, that feeling of them chewing and, and, and enjoying uh, chewing. So that, that can help with cats a little bit to take away that, urgency to need to chew clothing or suck on things um and, but but often i realize that treatment and man management is ongoing really it's not really something necessarily that uh that we can we can cure but it, you know, it might be an ongoing thing sometimes they need medication if it's anxiety based um, perhaps the owners leave and they start destroying and chewing things maybe that's separation anxiety so certainly yeah so no certainly doesn't not Generally related to anemia there, Kavitha, but um, um, but certainly more likely to be behavioural. It's a real, it's a real um, tricky one when you've got animals that you've had to go into once, like if they've had an actual blockage, you have to go in there and remove the blockage. And then you've got a bit of scar tissue and then it can happen again. And then you go in and you get a little bit more block, you got a little bit more scar tissue. And so, you know, you can get to the point, like we've got one, uh, one poor big Bernese mountain dog that's, um, yeah, her, her poor abdomen is just a, you know, it's just a, a minefield of adhesions now because she just keeps on eating silly stuff. So, you know, um, you do everything you can, but um, you know, I've had, I've had one, one family that have had to have just a, um, a sock free house. Yeah, because the dog just had would would hunt out the socks like nothing else because they can smell them, they can smell, they can smell them. Yeah, their 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 sense of smell is so good that they'll hunt those socks out like nothing else. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, no, we've had a Labrador that's yeah kept eating socks and yeah, similar sort of thing. Said, look, you just got to have no socks in the house, unfortunately. Yeah, time yep. to go Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. All righty, guys. So if you've got a question like Kavitha did um, about anything at all, please send us a message at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on the social medias, uh, the the Instagram, the Facebook, uh, the the Twitter, all those sorts of things. You can send us a message and, and we'll sure to, um, uh, sure to answer your question. And, of course, we are on Patreon as well. You go it's just search for two vets talk pets you can support us there and, and ask those questions through patreon as well excellent so thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed it guys um reach out say hi you know let us know if you've got anything to say and otherwise uh have yourselves a, a, a cracking week and we'll hopefully catch you all again soon excellent yep scratch you later Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter 
and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.